Hey y'all, welcome to season two of the podcast. Join me, Christy. And Brittany. And Meg. And Bailey. As we continue to navigate life together. So grab a chair and get comfy because there's plenty of room at our table. Hey y'all, welcome back to season two of the podcast. We are so excited to have you back with us. Don't forget you can follow us on all major platforms like Apple and Google and our website, converseandcrowns.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter that's sent out the first Wednesday of every month. You can also follow us on Instagram at hey y'all underscore the podcast. Okay, so what's the yummies, y'all? Uh, super simple today. Um, I was in Corner Market just having a hankering for something, you know, good and southern. So we did um, sausage and cream cheese and crescent roll casserole. Uh, I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> Always a favorite and everybody in the is South. Is that not what it's called? If you just add yeah. casserole to the yeah. end yeah, of it, that's, that's yeah. what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, supposedly you were supposed to like wrap them in individual crescent rolls. Hello. Really? No, welcome to Mississippi. I need the 9 by 13. Uh-huh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speak my language, please. <laughs> For real. For so, real. Yeah, so that's what it was. Nice mm. and simple and easy and filling and... Yeah. Always delicious. Yeah. Okay, so today's episode is one that has actually been requested um, kind of all last season um, by people we know, people we don't know, um, and it's one that truthfully, I think we're all kind of a bit nervous about. It, it's good, it's exciting, we're going to be telling our stories. Um, now, obviously not our full stories because we are getting up into the uh, middle age bracket, so there's a lot to those <laughs> stories, um, but... Uh, we're going to kind of talk about where the Lord has grown us or our specific, you know, testimonies and just, just areas around that and kind of where we get, um, a lot of the foundation of what, what we've learned. Um, so we're going to actually do it as a two-parter. So we're going to have two of us go today, two, um, we'll go next week. That way, um, nobody feels rushed or anything like this. And I'll say, even though we're all friends and close, I think some of this will be new to some of us. Like we definitely, I mean, I know I will have questions. Um, so yeah, you're kind of, kind of along for the ride, but also I think this will help as we continue in our season kind of to know our background and foundation of where we're coming from but also if you have just joined us to go back and listen or if you um you know we're we're here for all of season one this may give you just a little bit of context of where we're coming from and some of the things we have said does that cover everything else yes Yes. also we're not a little nervous it's more like a lot yeah i'm very very nervous (laughs) like i've never recorded a podcast before yeah i'm nervous too yeah. And I sorry. usually don't get nervous. Yeah. Good times. So today will be you, Bailey. Yes. And me, Meg. Yes. And then next week will be Brittany and Christy. Yeah. So. Yep. Yes, yes. Okay. Buckle up. I've got my listening ears on. Okay. <laughs> Literally. 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 We have, check us out on Instagram and see our new setup. Um, we are so excited. Yes. We're also very overwhelmed. Except for Christy, <laughs> who knows what she's doing, which is fine. <laughs> Christy usually knows what we're doing. <laughs> okay, well, I get to go first. Yay! <laughs> the Enneagram 3 um, yes. wing. So, I I don't know. I guess I'll start at the beginning. I was born in Hattiesburg, <laughs> so here we still are. Um, I have wonderful parents, and I have a brother who I am super glad we decided to keep. Um, he is three years younger than me, and 
you know, we're pretty tight. So shout out to Grant. Um, I guess I was a pretty normal, boring kid. I always like to read. I'm a nerd <laughs> and I like to be inside, not outside. Um, I asked Jesus in my heart at a really young age, uh, grew up in the church. Every time the doors were open, the Hogue family was there. <laughs> um, so I was at camps, Bible schools, all, all the things. So some of my, honestly, my favorite memories are from church, just Bible school, church camps, all, all the things. So super thankful for all the people that poured into me there. Um, high school, I'm just going to skip to high school. <laughs> just because <laughs> just, just I'm that. old, I can't wipe remember yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a whole lot. Um, anyway, in high school, my parents are going to start laughing about right now. I made okay grades. I was never much of an overachiever. Um I, I was good at just making it. Um, a C was average, and so was I. So I didn't, necessarily, <laughs> I didn't necessarily struggle in school, but it was not easy for me. It was easy for my brother. Like, he was one of those, like, didn't have to study and could just show up and do well. And I wanted to live my life like that, and it was not me. Um, I did make some A's in classes, but I had to have a really good teacher. <laughs> if I had a good teacher that taught the way I needed to learn, then I would do really well in that class. Um, but if I didn't, I didn't. I think having those struggles in school, though, and like understanding has made me a better teacher. I'm not saying I'm the yes. end-all, be-all at teaching. I'm just saying I sometimes can relate to those kids who struggle a little bit um, because that was me. So I totally get it. Um, I think, I don't know. I didn't try as hard as I could have. I know that. Like, I could have tried harder. But I also was, like, super scared of failing. Like, I just was my, – my attitude was kind of like, well, what if I study really hard and still fail? Like, then I don't have an excuse to be, like, funny or whatever with it. So um, that's just one reason I probably didn't try as hard as I needed to because I was just scared that I would um, mess up. Okay. Um, so – I feel like my classroom is a pretty safe space for kids like that. So I'm thankful that I can use that part of my journey, all of my average C's to, um, to make my classroom a safe spot. All right. Done with high school. We'll go. <laughs> so then I graduated with not honors. Um, and that's okay. I went to a junior college out of high school called Pearl river. Go Wildcats. Um, I did not do well there either. Um, I made some friends that I'm still friends with today. Um, but I, I wanted to live my life like being one of those people who could just show up and do well. And that's not who I am. Um, so I did not do well my first semester um, of college. I got it together. I had a really bad car wreck. My tire blew up on the interstate. And this was my sophomore year of college. I broke eight vertebrae in my back and three ribs. Um on Easter Sunday, actually, it was on Easter Sunday. It was wow. on 420, which is also that. Hitler's birthday. And yes, so yes, oh. it was on Easter Sunday. I was driving back. Um, is it 420 also? Yes, yeah, a different okay. day. I yes. had nothing to do. It, my wreck had nothing to do with that 420. It is Hitler's okay. birthday, which I tell my kids all the time. They remember that. Mm. So. Hey, very good. Yes, great teacher. Um, but <laughs> I did break a vertebrae in my back and three ribs. Um, and that wreck kind of shook me a little bit. I don't, I know this sounds crazy. I don't remember a ton from the wreck. Cause I was, I mean, I remember like it hurt and I remember being scared, but like the two weeks in the hospital and stuff, I don't remember much of, cause I was 
you it's know, probably a good drugged. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And I do remember my brother and the baseball team coming in, like eating, because people would bring like Jody's cookies and like mm-hmm. food. Yeah. And I remember Grant and like Hayes and all them coming and like eating all the food in my hospital room. So <laughs> that's my main memory um, from that. Some of my friends came and watched Braves games with me, but I don't remember a ton about it. Um, so. Moving on. <laughs> Broke my back, got better. And it really was super, like, that shook me. That That's when I kind of decided, hey, look, the Lord has spared you here. Like, you have yeah. not done great so far. Like, y- you have been spared. Like, you need to get it together. And so, of which I did. Sorry. <laughs> but, okay. like, how long did it take you to recover? Oh, gosh. I had to wear, my mom could probably answer this better. I really don't remember a ton. Of, I had to wear a back brace for yeah. maybe six or eight weeks or something. I never had to have surgery. Really? Um, yes, which was a blessing. Now, I had to wear, like, the Romeo Michelle um, <laughs> back brace um, because I could not bend. Mm-hmm. If yeah. I would have bended, my vertebrae could have collapsed. So I had to, like, stay. So, like, going to the bathroom, I had to sit in the shower and, like, always have the back brace it was could you drive no could not drive um so did you go back to school like right yes after? I had to so that was in March no well, it was in April that I had it I lost that whole semester because I couldn't take my finals um so I had oh to redo that I ended up going to the Hattiesburg campus of Pearl River and like making that up yeah, and like yeah. retaking some classes that I had not done well in um and then going to Southern but yeah okay. it was it, it took to get my whole like life back on track, it took about a year, I would yeah. say, to retake the classes, do all that. Um, but yeah, I was super thankful I didn't have to have surgery. Um, that would have been tough. But it honestly, like, it's a big part of my life, but it's also like, I don't remember a ton about mm-hmm. it. I don't know if I've just blocked it out or if I was just so like, I'm sure it was more like it was traumatizing for me, but I'm sure it was way more traumatizing for my parents who oh, had yeah. to like oh, yeah. listen to all the, you know, doctor stuff and what t- I just did, whatever they told me to yeah. do. I do remember I had a hospital bed in our living room because I couldn't walk up the stairs to my bed. And so, yeah. How have I missed this story? <laughs> this is a, you're going to like this story. I don't know if mom and dad know this story, so <laughs> turn it off for a few minutes. Um, so I couldn't be by myself because, like, I could not get out of the bed. Like, I I had to have help because I could not bend mm-hmm. at all. And so mom and dad had to go somewhere. And so my brother was left to babysit me. Oh, no. <laughs> and so the hospital bed, you know, it'll go, like, mm-hmm. up and down. But then it'll also, like, the whole bed will go mm-hmm. up and yeah. down. And so Grant was there. He was very sweet. He painted my toenails for me. He did all the things. Yeah, he painted my whole foot. But um, (laughs) it's fine. But I have that memory. And then we were on the hospital bed. And we wanted to see just if we could touch the ceiling. Like we wanted to see like how high it would actually go. Um, So we did that while he was babysitting me. But had I fallen off of that, who knows where I would be now. But anyway, so it was, thanks Grant, made it more fun. Um, Sorry, mom and dad, everything turned out fine. Um, The bed was like the churches. The church like donated, like gave us the bed, I think. Yeah, crazy. Hmm. Um, Okay, so recovered from that, got it back together, ended up going to Southern Miss, go Eagles. Um, And I decided that I wanted to be a history teacher. (laughs) Why? Because <laughs> I like history. I had a wonderful history teacher, Miss Carpenter, when I was in 11th grade, and I just literally wanted to be her. Like, her class was so fun. It was just like a story. We did all these, like, fun projects. Like, I just loved it. So I thought, I can do that. That would be fun. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. My um, 
Grancy, who is my mom's dad, used to call me the teacher. He called my brother the preacher and me the teacher. And so I always knew I wanted to be a teacher, but I always thought I wanted to teach elementary, which... <laughs> If you know me now, <laughs> that is hysterical. And if any of my high schoolers are listening, they're probably like, no, Miss Hope, I cannot do that. But I always thought I wanted to teach elementary. Um, but I realized in college I wanted to teach high school and I wanted to teach history in high school. So I got all the negative comments of well, all the history teachers are coaches and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And which is true. A lot of them are. But I decided, look, I'm not good at much. <laughs> this is what we're going <laughs> with. Y'all going to have to give me right. this. <laughs> Because here we go. So I decided that, you know, that's what I want to do. Prayed about it, had a total peace about it, and here we are now. I've been teaching for what? 60 years? I don't know. <laughs> what it feels like. 16. This will be my 16th year teaching, which is crazy because I'm only 30. So I don't know how that's right. weird. Out. I never was good at math. We can look at those grades. It's like common court math. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Round the two. I don't know. Um, okay. So throughout my 20s, this is really kind of when my my part of my story that I think the Lord really worked kind of cool um, started was throughout my 20s, I, I taught history. I ended up getting a master's degree in special education. I have such a heart for people with disabilities. I actually taught special ed for a little while, and then I ended up going back to regular ed. And now I just, we do a little bit of both. Bailey and I sponsor a club that um, works with our kids with disabilities. So um, I don't know, I get to do a little bit of both, which is good. I also really struggled with just food addiction and binge eating. Um, I don't know. It just brought me this satisfaction and happiness that I, when I would feel overwhelmed, I'd be like, well, mm-hmm. I can go get whatever. And it'll make me feel better. For, and it did make me feel better for oh, yeah. Yeah. that, you know, 12 minutes that I ate it all. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, I would hate myself. So saying it out loud, like, I know it does not make sense, but... If you do not struggle with a food addiction or understand what binge eating is, like, you just do not get it. So, if you are rolling your eyes and thinking that that is not a real thing, like, just do better. Like, it is a real thing. Yeah. Um, And it is a struggle. But that is something that I really struggled with throughout my 20s. Um, When I was 29, I had some friends ask me to go on a mission trip. And at this point, I was... I don't know. I was the highest number I ever remember seeing on a scale at the doctor's office was close to 370. <clears throat> I don't remember the exact number, but I remember being like, "Hmm, that's too bad." <laughs> so, <laughs> it was in the 360s, high three, something like that. So um, I do remember that. So I don't know what my highest weight ever was actually, but I was asked to go on a mission trip um, with the youth group. And the trip was going to be to um, Orlando. We were going to like work in a women's shelter and do different things. Um, And then we were going to go to Disney World for a day. And my first thought was, I cannot do that because I cannot fit on the rides. I cannot walk around Disney World. Like I cannot sleep in a room with people where they're going to see like, I cannot order a t-shirt of the size that I'm going to have to get like that. That was my first thought. And I thought, I, I can't do that. So I made up an excuse of why I couldn't go on the trip. Well, the next day I was reading my Bible, probably getting ready to go get something to eat. And I was just, <laughs> you can laugh. <laughs> and I was just super convicted about that. Like, 
I, I thought, you know, um, I'm not doing a whole lot for the kingdom that, that I'm sitting here, like thinking of what, what I'm going to eat next and, and what I'm doing, like the cycle I'm in right now is not doing, yes, I go to school and I pour into my kids and yes, I go to church when I need to, but I didn't do anything extra because I was just embarrassed about my weight. And that, that's all I thought about was like how much I weighed and like how bad I looked. I mean, I thought about it all the time and the Lord just kind of got a hold of me in that moment of like, you are letting your weight stop you from going to tell people in Orlando about Jesus. And I thought, that's not good. <laughs> that's not what I'm supposed yeah. to be doing. Um, so of course I cried cause I'm a crier and I just, I honestly remember being like, Lord, like I literally cannot do this. Like I, there's no, I, not that I don't know what to do. I know what to do. I know how to lose weight. I just don't want to do it because I get so much joy out of food. And like that brings me some satisfaction. So the first thing I did was like beg the Lord for some strength because I was like, it cannot be me. And I decided that it was time to honor my body like I had been commanded to do. So what I started doing, <laughs> I got up at 4 a.m. and I walked. And I got up at 4 a.m. because I did not want anybody to see me because I was just embarrassed and I knew that like walking was going to be hard. And it was. Um, I went to my mom because she like knows a ton about nutrition, ton about exercise. And she helped me with like food and like just substitutes of food like yeah. you know you can use this instead of this or you know just she helped me with all of those kind of things I remember us like making meals in my kitchen like of what we could do they always taste better when your mom makes them like when sure. I make them I'm like this is gross but like when mom made it, it was delicious I have a, exactly. a cookbook that my mother made uh -huh. us of her recipes it is her stuff uh -huh. and it still doesn't taste I know. As good. it's just not this good so yeah. like my mom would make it and I'd be like this is great and then I would make it and be like this sucks. I hate it here. But um, anyway, so just from walking and eating, not great, just eating less because I ate so much. Um, I lost about 40 pounds and I thought, okay, yes. So then I started going to Zumba. If you have ever done Zumba, it is so fun. God I'm, bless. Let <laughs> us know that this was the Lord convicted. Well, I thought like, I can says? do that. Now I was not good at it, but it was, there were like 80 people in the room. It was so fun. So our church has a gym and I thought, well, that's a safe space. Right. So I went to Zumba. Um, my mom had always taught like strength and cardio classes. And I was like, I cannot do that. Like that cannot be me. That's too hard. So I did Zumba for a little bit, lost a little bit more weight. Um, as I did this, I continued how to eat and what to do. Well, then my mom was like, look, just come to one of my classes. So I did. I went to some strength training. And the only reason I went is because my mother was the teacher. And I thought, if anybody is mean to me, she will get them. And nobody was mean to me. Everybody was incredibly encouraging. I made great friends. I met Miss Elaine, like all the things. So um, it was great. I, now, I was very nervous when I went. I did not like the clothes I had to wear. I felt very insecure about being there. But I just had to keep telling myself, like, you are doing this to honor your body. You've been commanded to honor your body. You've got to do this. And I did. That's what I would tell myself over and over. So a little over a year passed, and I fell in love with strength training and exercise. And I slowly kind of learned food and how to eat properly, all the things. And I ended up dropping over 100 pounds. Honestly, like, people are like, how much weight have you lost? I really don't know because I don't remember how high I was. And, like, my weight still now just fluctuates because – Again, food addiction <laughs> is a real thing. Um, now, I don't share that part of my story to be like, go me. like, But it really is such a major part of my story. Um, if you would have known me then, 
I am very different than I am now. Like I'm not even like if you've only met me since I was about 32, you do not know who I was. <laughs> it is like a different person. Um, I'm now a fitness instructor at the gym at our church, and I'm now the fitness coordinator <laughs> at the gym. Go next. <laughs> yes. And God. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's just I laugh about it because like I'm. It's so never where I thought I would have wanted to be. Um, but I have such a passion for it now. But the Lord really just used my struggles and my heartache in that season of my 20s. Um, he used my fear of the gym. He used my food addiction. He used all of that to just be able to pour into other people. Um, I used to say, and Bailey can say this. She's heard me say it a million times. I used to say all the time. I wish I would have gotten it together earlier. Mm -hmm. I wish in my 20s or in college, like, I would have appreciated exercise. I would have eaten better because, like, who knows what I could be doing now. But then one day the Lord was like, girl, you didn't get it together because I needed you to have that. Like, that Mm -hmm. is what makes your story so powerful now. Because people that do come to my class do fight food addiction. And if you've seen me on the Instagram, you're probably thinking, okay, that girl does not look like a fitness instructor. And I don't. Like, I still, like need to lose weight, whatever. But I don't look like what a lot of other people look like, but I think that makes it easier to come to my class. I was going to say, yeah, as know? someone yeah. who goes to her or has gone to her class, I wouldn't have walked in right. if it hadn't been. Because you make it, it's it's real, and you understand the struggle, and right. that's, a, that's a difference. Because if you go to some, and I'm not ripping anybody, like some people have just been thin their mm-hmm. whole life. They have never battled any of those things they've never had to lose weight so it's I don't know if easier is the right word because I know everybody has struggles with fitness in the gym but just from my perspective like if you've never struggled with weight and had to lose weight and had excess skin and all the like you don't it's just different it's different Mm -hmm. if you've been thin your whole life and now you're just putting on muscle like that's a different battle than like when I used to go through Wendy's and order two meals and get an extra drink so people didn't know that both of them were for me you know like that's a whole different thing than that um let's see i know i struggle sometimes with like how i look and when i look in the mirror i think like why are you going to coach these fitness classes like your tummy is this or whatever but i also know that that's satan like he tries Mm -hmm. to use that against me he tries to use like you still struggle with food like you don't look a certain way and i know that's him but i have to remind myself when i feel those things and when satan is telling me those things he is scared of the ministry that i can do and that's why he's doing that so i have to remind myself of that and like my strength just comes from the lord in those moments because it is hard um sometimes um let's see i just feel like i can be relatable to people who struggle with body image who struggle with food addiction because i too struggle with (laughs) those things um i am proof that the lord can get a hold of you and he can change your focus because like i said if you would have known me back then you don't you don't know me anymore um you can really turn your life around you can change like what you value um but it really does take a kingdom perspective to do it I had tried every diet in the world. I did whatever that pill was. It was in a red and blue box. Ally. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. I did that. Um, from Walgreens. I did mm-hmm. that. I did all the diets in the world. I did Atkins. I did this. I did, nobody sued me. Like I, And they worked, but... Short term. It was short term, yeah. yeah. It just did not change my view of food it did not change all of that it was not until i got a real kingdom perspective of like 
you know, you cannot impact the world and use your gifts how I need you to if you are sitting at your house because you're embarrassed with how you look, you know, and that that is what really um, changed it. My parents and I were actually riding our bikes on July 4th, and we had ridden, we went from one depot to the next one, and it was only nine miles, and I was, or no, it was, it was maybe four miles, and I was like, look, let's go another mile, so when we go back, it'll be 10 miles, and my dad was like, oh, okay, and so, because, you know, on my watch, I want it to say 10 miles, <laughs> not nine, and so we're riding back, and my dad said, I still cannot believe you're the same daughter who grew up in our house. And, like, I can't believe it either, <laughs> like, honestly, because I just – I'm just very different now. Um, but that is just a testament to, like, what the yeah. Lord can do if you really let him do that. Um, now, I am much more than my weight. I am much more than my weight loss story. And that really, like Bailey said, this is not our whole life. But, um, you know, how my jeans fit me or what shirt I wear or whatever is not – all of who I am and weight loss is not my entire story Um, but it is the part that has grown me the most and it's where I've seen God's hand just over and over in me Um, I think the purpose that he's put in me to just empower women and to pour into people through fitness is something that I see so woven in my story like how it's all come together Um, and I'm thankful now for how it has been and do I still struggle I sure do (laughs) all the time but um, I also know, like, it's a reminder of where my strength comes from and that I cannot do it on my own because, like, low-key can't do it on my own. A couple of verses that have helped me, um, and then I will be done with my story. 1 Corinthians 4, 16 says, Or don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. And I think that's obvious, right? Like, my body's a temple. I should treat it as such. Ephesians 4:16. under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing full of love. And this is just a reminder that we are all so important to the body of Christ. Like every single one of us, like the four of us sitting at this table, all have such different gifts to the body of Christ. Yeah. And you can use them at your full potential if you feel your best. And that was a reminder to me, like, drink more water, get more sleep, exercise so you feel better, so you can be your part of the body of Christ. And then the last one, 1 Corinthians 6.20, God bought you at a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Like, treat yourself like somebody died for you, because, like, he did. Mm -hmm. Like, he died for you, and he loves you enough to create you, like, treat walk around and act like like somebody died for me yo. like that's a big deal so um those are some reminders that just help me from the word um when I lose focus or you know I feel frustrated or anything like that so that is my story so part of it I guess I'm saying if you heard her word of the year explanation yeah (laughs) yeah without a doubt yeah that was very good I don't think, like, I knew that you were, like, convicted, but I don't think I knew that it had anything to do with, like, a mission trip. That I didn't was either. the, um, that was, it was Abby and Charlie and Gina mm-hmm. wanted me, to, that's, my friend Charlie was doing the, um, the choir, One Praise, the youth choir, and they were like, come to Disney with us, and I, I told them that I couldn't pay for it, that's what I told, and I mean, like, I could have paid for it, but... Yeah, Yeah. but you went later. I did go later. Uh I went actually, I think two years Mm -hmm. later. I went on it, and that was like a bit. It was, and that was kind of the first one of the first things that I did. Knew you needed to redeem that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was that was it. It was the when they were like, "Hey, you should come," and I thought, 
I am not ordering a shirt when everybody mm-hmm. else is going to get a medium. Like, absolutely not. You know, and how vain of me, but like, <laughs> literally, that's yeah, what I thought. No, yeah, literally, you know? yeah. And but that's such a real thing, though, because yeah. that's a lot of people's first yeah, thought. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, you know, didn't go. And then the Lord was like, sister. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's cool. You know, so. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Go God. <laughs> Go God. I think that's going to be the conclusion <laughs> yeah. to most Go of this. Go God. <laughs> All right, Bailey, you're up. Okay. Oh, I'm so very nervous. If you could see how much my leg was shaking. Okay. Um, I, too, was born in Hasburg, but that's not where I'm going to start because my story, I don't know. I feel like being clear and concise in this is going to be a miracle in of itself. So here we go. Um I think my story overall, and, and like what Meg said and what I said at the beginning, like this is not my whole story, but this is the big part that I see woven through um, from when I was little to what I'm dealing with now and just, you know, how you can see the Lord working. Um, and there are two like verses that come to mind. One is Genesis fifty twenty, which is what you meant for evil, the Lord meant mm-hmm. for good with Joseph. Um because that's something that I have seen very clearly at work and, and we'll get to that. And then the other is um, Romans eight twenty eight. We know that God works everything together for our good, right? Mm-hmm. Which yep. is easy to say sitting here right now. Sometimes that is a harder concept to believe. Um, but the truth is he really does work everything together. Not necessarily that everything comes from God. I mean, we live in a fallen and cursed world. It, yes. it is what it is. You're dealing with broken humans every day. Um, people hurt you and you hurt other people. But knowing that the Lord really does weave that into your story. That's kind of what I've, I've, I've come to realize. So um, I did not realize until a few years ago. Apparently, I grew up as an anxious child. <laughs> Are y'all all shocked? <laughs> shocked huh. all shocked huh. faces huh. around the table right huh. now. <laughs> There is a bit of a running joke with my family and kind of in our group text of, I'll say, do y'all do this? Or is it something that I just didn't know wasn't normal? (laughs) Because there's so much. For example, I didn't know that the average person didn't feel like vomiting and throwing up every time they went into a new situation, like a grocery store or a parking lot they've never parked in. I thought that's how everybody felt until about... Four years ago. Turns out that's not correct. That's called anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. But I've always, even as a kid, I was very much a like people pleaser. We talk about being, you know, I was the Enneagram too. And when, you know, years ago when we sat at Meg's camp and talked about the Enneagram, that's how I knew I uh, was for sure too, because the two's biggest fear is being unworthy of love or not lovable and always trying to earn love. And even as a child, that was my mindset. Please do not get me wrong. My parents are loving and sweet and they have gone over and beyond for me. And I knew I was loved, but somehow in my mind, I would do the best I could in class so that the teachers would like me. I would do whatever my parents asked so that they would, even though I knew they loved, but somehow in my mind, I felt like I, I wasn't good enough. I had to earn it. Um, and that mindset just kind of built a foundation that unfortunately built other stuff on top of. We talked about toxic thinking. That was one of our biggest episodes from season one um, that had one of the highest ratings. And um, that's where a lot of that idea came from because I've kind of realized how 
there are things even from when you were a child you have to kind of undo you don't even realize are the norm for you absolutely you know um well you say in like that's how with my school yeah like because i'm a two as well and like that's what i was so scared to fail Mm -hmm. because then everybody would be mad at me yeah you know and that's you yeah. know, like that was and my biggest colored, fear. It colored how you yes. tried. How you, how how you like, viewed the I world. I just wouldn't yeah. try. I would play it off because uh-huh. in my mind, I thought, okay, if I try and then I fail, like, then they're really going to be mad yeah. at me. Because, like, how can I yeah. fix it then? You yeah. know? So, yeah, 100% um, agree with that. And, like, even as an adult, there have been times, because I always joke I'm a recovering perfectionist, that I have chase perfection to the point of making myself physically sick. Mm-hmm. Thinking if I don't do this just right... Like, not the whole world will come around, but like, it'll be worse than, like, I can control this. Mm-hmm. I'm a control freak. <laughs> That's a bit well, of a problem. Welcome to the group. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I kind of have my story divided into um, life season verses. Um, that's something that I kind of realized the Lord had um, given me when I go through different seasons. I have these verses I've talked about before where it's just, I start seeing this verse everywhere. It's, at Hobby Lobby on a canvas. It's on a billboard. They talk about on K-Love like it's in my devotional. Um, and so it took me a long time to appreciate that and recognize that. But that's kind of how my how my story has been divided. So um, the first is John 16, 33, which is, um, I tell you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. And I learned she that. She did that from memory, folks. I learned that in Bible drill <laughs> in about third or fourth grade. And I did not realize how it would serve me um, in the next few years. So I always enjoyed school. Uh, um, you know, good student. Just uh, I always enjoyed it. Um, everything was fine. Sixth grade. I got to sixth grade, like middle school. That's middle school in this area. And I knew I was different because I couldn't shop at the limited because I looked kind of like I currently look now like one morning I woke up with very large chest and looked like a student teacher and not an 11 year old (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and I'm dead serious if you look at my sixth grade 11 year old picture I look that's not even that picture you haven't seen that picture (laughs) I will include the picture Meg is currently laughing about um but sixth grade was like you know whatever it was fine Got to seventh grade, and I still don't know what was the cause, but all of a sudden I became the target for harassment. I used to call it bullying. That's not what it is. Nowadays, if it happened, like, big issues would have come about. Um, I was called everything you can think of. I was spit on. I had stuff thrown at me. Um, I had, um, you all know the candy grams? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so... The boys and some of the girls would buy candy grams for me at like Valentine's and put some of the dirtiest things I've ever seen written to me. And that includes stuff I've gotten online dating. Mm -hmm. These little middle school kids were dirtier than that and they would pile them all up on my desk so it looked like I had thinking I would go and like, you know, by then I'd figure it out so I'd like take them out, dump them. And basically what I learned is one, if I don't show any emotion, then there's nothing to like fuel the fire. Yeah. And so I have been described by more than one person as an ice queen. And a lot of it comes from that is a defense, defense mechanism. Yeah. I have. Like it just is. Um, 
in seventh grade, I remember I stopped eating because when I would go in the cafeteria and get my lunch, they would moo at me and they would throw food at me and tell me how fat and ugly I was. And so I was very smart. And I say this because I know mom, I promise you <laughs> knew everything. Um, it wasn't that my parents didn't pay attention. I was very, very smart. And I say that if you have kids, um, I knew to get the lunch so that the, the lunch account would go away and now I would go throw it away because I didn't want teachers because you still had to sit with your freaking class in there. Um, I didn't want the teachers to recognize. I knew to, um, I could not eat breakfast if my parents weren't there. If they were there, I could kind of like pick at and then throw it away. And I only had to eat supper if we sat down together, which happened a lot. And I could kind of like move stuff around my plate. And I kind of started starving myself because I wanted to be skinny. What I didn't understand was I was skinny. I just had hips and boobs and mm -hmm. the body of a 20-year-old. Um, and so obviously that didn't work. And it got to the point where I would not eat in public um, because I felt like everybody was looking at me and thinking, what a fat cow. And that literally was an issue until maybe the last five years. And even now... I have to think very, very hard to, oh, that like we were at a women's event the other day and they had food and like, I'm not going to get food mm -hmm. because that it makes me so uncomfortable. Um, even though I know that that's so stupid because I know now, but like that's my nat my natural gut reaction is still to feel like I'm going to pass out and vomit. Um, there, <laughs> there was a guy that I, um, went out with that we went to dinner and I thought I was sitting there eating wasn't thinking we were talking and I thought oh my gosh like I don't feel sick I don't feel not like that was the first time I remember and that was like in the last few months that I did not think I'm gonna throw up um but it was just I started building these really really unhealthy coping mechanisms that I didn't realize I carried with me into adulthood um I don't cry over truly emotional stuff because if you cry, then they know they're getting to you. And so now I just don't, like I've had to I get back. I cry over stupid stuff like Clydesdale's commercials and stuff like that. <laughs> Me too. I will hysterically cry over that, but I'm not sure I've ever cried at a funeral. Um, just stuff that I didn't realize had been like this coping mechanism. So I got into my head that I wasn't good enough, wasn't worthy of love because I'd already, you know, worried about that. I was ugly and fat, and therefore, obviously, that's why boys don't like you. And of course, boys weren't asking me out. They were calling me to help me to get me to help them ask my friends out. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, okay, I'm the friend. I can play that part. Like that. That's the part I can play. Um, what we what did we say last season? The fat funny friend. Yes. That's that's the part I can play. Um, and so, anywho, I kind of made it through through middle school. Eighth grade was a little bit better just because they were, a lot of these horrible people were in different pods. That's how our school did them. Mm -hmm. um, got to high school. Ninth grade was a moment, like, I clearly remember. I can tell you what seat I was sitting in. I can tell you who it was. Several of the people at this table can guess who it was. The very popular um star athlete at our high school was being his regular jerk self because that's kind of who he is and he threw something at me and hit me and I don't know 
what snapped but something did and I turned around and I chewed him up one side and down the other and he stopped and I was like I have been given a gift yeah. um, and I realized that I had a very very sharp tongue I could be very very cutting and basically very very hateful and if you could cut them down before they could get to you they'd leave you alone the problem is that as you go on through the world and people who aren't like that come up to you like a random guy wanting to be nice. No guy had the chance, they always joke, how do people meet at the grocery? Because these women aren't mean to men. <laughs> but like, that would be my, my gut reaction because clearly you're just coming to, because I used to have people, they would ask me out as a joke and then, you know, I know I'm not the I only one. I had that happen to I was going to say, I know I'm not the only one with that story. Um, so I don't know, I just kind of got in my mind that this is where I fit. I was not very worthy. Um, I had to work really, really hard to earn any value in people's lives. Um, I made a real good doormat because yeah, I'll do, you know, what, like, I don't, I joke, I don't have an opinion about a whole lot. One, I'm pretty laid back about most, but like, I literally don't have an opinion because I spent a lifetime working not to have one so that everybody else would be happy. Um, as I got older in high school, I got into AP classes and there were, at that time there was one AP like history. And so you kind of end up with the same people and like, what are y'all going to do? Make fun of me for being smart? You're right, here you're too. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all are I'm making the, fun of me, not in the I'm AP the, class. I was, like, I was one of the dumbest people sitting in that room. Um, so that became more of like a safe haven. So I felt I started to grow myself in some ways um, for reasons that I don't know. I tried out for the dance line in the band um, and, and made it and was Girl made captain it and all that. Like, so that's kind of weird. And I can see how little bits the Lord was like stretching and growing. Yeah. Um, kind of what Meg said, like, if you knew me back then, you didn't know me because I wore a blue jean, blue jeans and T-shirt every day because anytime I dressed up, people made fun of me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, blend in. And I like... I didn't wear like tons and tons of makeup. I mean, I wore makeup because, you know, bad skin. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like, I loved fashion. Yeah. I loved, there's actually um, a, I'll put the blog post um, up when we do this, but um, I made Megan help me recreate a picture I had from seventh grade because I couldn't fit in limited two clothes. And I had this scarf. <laughs> that looked like an Hermes scarf to me. My mother had one, my grand and I loved it so much because I loved Hermes and I thought for I don't, picture I don't day. Know what that is. I don't see, either. Well here's my thing. I, <laughs> I thought for picture. picture day I'ma wear my Hermes scarf with y'all, I was twelve, but a sweater set and like little oh, closet. It was this. such yeah. a cute I will say this. The sweater set was it was a thing in the late nineties and two thousands. Yes. But yeah. most twelve year olds didn't wear it with a square knot scarf <laughs> okay side. now I i'm looked, getting the visual okay yeah. I'm get, I'm i there. looked like a secretary named Rhonda. okay <laughs> <laughs> but oh my gosh i was like they're going to be so impressed by my fashion thinking that anybody there knew who airbees was right um <laughs> for the record i teach about him now so if you okay. take him my class you know oh it's okay. a person but, I thought it yes was, okay I it's a it company a but tiara airbees okay yeah. Um, yes. Anywho, okay. so I made, <laughs> I remember them making fun of me having the picture taken and then got the picture back and like hysterically crying because they made fun of me. I pretty much cried every morning, every night. It was just horrible. Um, but no, poor mom, because she worked at the school. 
She worked at the high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I and mean, she, I for you too, obviously. Yeah. Like, and she, God bless her. She, you know, I mean, she knew I told her, but like, and that's why I said, like, kids are smart. And I was yeah. really good at hiding it. Because yeah. I'll sometimes say stuff now and my mom will get so hurt and she'll be like, you didn't tell me. And I'm like, did I not? <laughs> my bad. <laughs> or stuff that I didn't like will just float through my head. I'm like, I forgot that happened because I kind of like, you know, block yeah. it out. I would um, like to tell my parents that the bully athlete was not my brother. Yeah, it was not. My Grant mom was, might be worried about that. Oh, Grant no, was. No, God bless. No, it was not Grant. I'll tell you who it is later, Mom. And I think Grant's <laughs> opinion would be the same as yeah. my current statement. Yes. Um, just want to tell y'all it was yeah, not him. Yeah, sure, good. Because they're in the same grade. <laughs> they are. Yeah, me and Grant are the same age. It wasn't um, him. I Anywho. asked. <laughs> it's verified. I was going to check. verified information. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so all that to say, I just had this like super warped sense. But as I went along that John 16, 33, like in this world, you will have trouble. And I was like, no chills. Yeah. Uh-huh. Trouble. But like that was... At that point, I didn't recognize that the Lord was using that to kind of got, but like, that was kind of my first verse season. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah. Um, I decided to go William Carey. I joke with my students that I don't remember making that decision. I remember filling out paperwork to live on campus at USM. I remember applying for USM. And I remember awards day getting a scholarship to William Carey. I didn't know where William, William Carey is also in our town. It's a private university, but... <laughs> The first time I drove to William Carey was to move on campus. What is... I'm such a that planner. Is, I was what about to say, well, wow, that's not a, a Bailey thing. That's not a Bailey not thing. Not a clue. Anywho, so I went to William Carey. And what was strange and such Go a Crusaders. blessing... Yeah. <laughs> Go Saders. Um, is that even though it's this like small hometown school, I knew one person on campus and that was my wow. roommate. I did not know anybody else. And that was a first for me. Yeah. And I remember... It was really, really hard, especially that first trimester of my freshman year, of not carrying that baggage. Does that make sense? I assumed, well, obviously he's not. Like, I remember walking across campus one night, and actually, the guy, I did know this guy. He didn't live on campus. He had gone to our elementary school, like, you know, 20 years earlier. But hanging out of his truck, yelling at us, like, hey, girls, y'all want to go by? And I was like, that jerk, blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't think he was being mean. I think he was being legit. But I wasn't going to give him the chance, you yeah, know? Yeah. Because, and that's what I mean by Ice Queen. Like, I just had so many walls up that just it felt like it wasn't worth the risk, you know, yeah, if that yeah. makes sense. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, Queen of walls right here. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. I know how to build them. Which, I which, don't tear them down either. I think it's why I can which appreciate where a five comes you from. You saying that in front of the wall. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> My walls aren't as pretty as Christie's. Um, and so going to William Carey was this, like, completely unexpected, but I can so see God's hand literally moving me there um I joined a sorority which is not something that I would have done because oh my gosh I remember begging my roommate to go with me to the meeting and she was like I'm not doing that and I was like I had conversation Bailey if you don't go now you're gonna regret it because like one you're not gonna be involved on campus but also this is something that you want just go and I so had in my mind I was gonna join I'm not gonna say their names in case 
there are people who are listening to this group um, because they were the big, huge group. And I'm right now, Ari had met a girl who was a legacy there and all that. And, um, but then like got to, it was like this other group was small and close and just, I was like, I'm going to join. And so anyways, I became Pio. Um, and that kind of changed everything because I met other people, but also mm-hmm. I remember going to the first chapter meeting after rush and then being like we wanted you so bad we were so excited and I was like what (laughs) and they're like we were so excited to have you like when when we saw your bid card and blah 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 and I was like you've got to be kidding me like did y'all not have many options like what and I could not get through my mind like people didn't see me the way I assumed I saw myself or the way I did see myself and the way I assumed everybody else did. And what I realized is, well, I didn't realize then, what I realize now is that I was becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that becomes very clear with my love life. Um, and so there was a moment, and I've written about it if you've read the blog, and I've talked about it if you go to our Sunday school class. Um, I had been kind of going out with this guy for about a year. We weren't officially dating because he didn't do that and I was like he's a boy who likes me well I'll do whatever breadcrumbs is fine um and then uh we went our separate ways and we had had a sorority event that night and this was my sophomore year I was sitting on my bed in Ross Hall in October 18 years ago this October and I remember praying and going Lord rose-colored glasses off looking at this boy Dear Lord, what was I thinking? (laughs) I'm clearly an idiot and so desperate. I will jump at whatever likes me because I don't feel like I have value. Mm -hmm. And I'm an idiot. And clearly, that's not the person I need to be with. He was, for multiple reasons, not correct. Um, And I said, dear Lord, please protect me from myself. Give me, (laughs) give me, um, you know, wisdom discernment but more importantly like protect me don't allow something to work out if it isn't for me and truthfully that was because I know people who go out they date all the time they go on multiple dates a week with different people they love it dating to me (laughs) is a gosh darn nightmare it's the worst it's horror okay and I get my emotions and heart and and I'm so bad I'm have wisdom now but especially when I was in college of making excuses and defeat and what it could be and I remember being like you know lord protect me and then because I was what 19 going and if that means I have to wait until I'm old like 25 to get married I'll do that <laughs> and I know the lord was like oh the lord's using that common core math too <laughs> You know, where the Bible says things. a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. Yeah. So you're not even 25 yet. Yeah. That's the timeline we're using here. Okay. <laughs> um, And so it was what, and originally, and like being single and like my love life is obviously not the majority focus of my actual life, but that's where the Lord has grown me because so much of that is reflected in how I view myself as a person yeah because unfortunately we've talked about before that's how singles are treated um and so when I originally prayed that prayer obviously giving God the nice long timeline he could use um (laughs) serving it up on a silver platter (laughs) yeah like Lord I will give you a 25 um (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man. Um, but that originally started out as kind of like a bird a begrudging prayer kind of. Um, and as I've grown, I mean, there were guys that I went out with in college and after college that I didn't want to pray and ask God's wisdom about. Cause I was like, I have been without a date for so long. I don't want to ask this Lord. Cause I know what you're going to say, because I realize this gentleman here is very nice, <laughs> but he is a fool. <laughs> I don't need to go out with it. You know, that type of thing. Um, and I'll say it's kind of gotten to the humorous end on this side of it where I'm like, Lord, right now, just like, yes, no, cut it off. There was a guy that I was talking to um, that actually like known as a kid. It was very strange. And we were in the middle of a conversation. It was to the point he was going to ask me out for that weekend. I was like, we were already talking about what our plans were. And I was going to meet Meg and a friend of ours at Compadres before that was our like big place. Um, and I was talking to this guy mid conversation. He had asked me a question, blah, blah, blah. I answered. I'd asked him something so that basically we could figure out what we we're doing. And I was like, Lord, I just, I don't feel super settled. If this is not it, I don't want to waste one his time, but I don't want to waste mine. Never heard from the guy again. Finally looked him up on Facebook, see if he died. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I do remember. And I was now. like, okay, done. Lord, thank you. Move on. Um, so that part has changed. Um, just trusting God, I guess, more in that. Anyways, there was a kind of pivotal time in, in college that I think set the foundation for just my unhealthiest self. Um, I had, and I can't say this out loud, it sounds like she is making this up, but had some guy friends. There were a few of us girls had some guy friends and why they were talking about those, I don't know. But I distinctly remember sitting around and them going, so-and-so, Betty, <laughs> we're going to make up names because some people listen to this, Betty, you're beautiful. You are just absolutely gorgeous. Susie, you have the best body ever. Bailey, your personality is okay. And they were dead serious. And I was like, story checks out so far. Yeah. Like, it didn't occur to me to be offended. Yeah. It didn't, because I felt like, yeah, that's the truth. And that's Satan. That's what Meg was talking yeah. about with her story. He knows what to use and just mm -hmm. to drill that into your head. Um, and then there's a guy that I was talking to. We went on, like, study dates and, like, hung out and talked and all this Ew. stuff. Ooh. Um, <laughs> do kids for, even do that these days uh, Probably not. I never really studied, so I don't know. Well, neither did we. <laughs> um, and my best friend at the time was like, I was like, please don't tell anybody about it. And she's like, no, he obviously likes you, blah, blah, blah. And so I went along with that. Well, then all of a sudden it switched to, no, I, I think you're confused. He clearly doesn't like you. And I was like, well, that's a pivot, but probably true this is what I expected um that's why I didn't want anybody to know that I was talking to somebody um turns out they were dating um so that's real clear and she I've seen him and you dodged the bullet <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a backstreet boy but like the dollar general version like 98 degrees yeah. But like why, the dollar, why don't you go ahead dollar and general version. Unanswered prayers for us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a minute. No, we'll get to copyright. Um, Garth Brooks does not play about that. Um, we're not getting paid. Y'all okay. know we are not getting paid for this. <laughs> okay. Um, but sorry, sorry. So she started feeding stuff in, and I, in her heart, 
I know she is not a bad person. She is a good person. I wish no ill will to her. But I realized looking back, she started feeding some really horrible stuff. Oh, you completely misunderstood. Yes, I know he paid for everything when y'all went out and put his coat around you when he got cold. But that's just what friends do. And, I, and so I got into my mind, and, and she made the comment more than once, you're not the type of girl that guys find attractive. But that's good because when you finally find someone, you'll know he really wants you and he's not just there for your looks. And I stupidly thought, thank you. That's well, thank so goodness. encouraging. <laughs> and I really, I mean, I thought, yeah. well, at least she thinks I can still find somebody. Um, and so that, that kind of fed into that to the point that... I've seen her too. <laughs> um, I had a guy that had a huge crush on in high school also had a crush on after college we didn't know each other I mean didn't hang out in college asked me out and I straight up turned him down because he did not use the words would you like to go out with me and in my mind unless a guy used those words he clearly was just being a friend mm -hmm. because why would you lie to somebody about that because I wouldn't do that turns out people will and I understand she was covering her butt whatever um, but just all of that kind of compounded to this self-fulfilling prophecy and self-sabotaging. I kept saying, see, they're right. No guys like me. I'm unattractive. They're not asking me out. While at the same time, in the words of my very, very wise brother, who was like in high school at the time, he said, Bailey, you have a sign across your head that says, leave me alone. He said, nobody's going to come up to you. And I was like, well, that's not true. That's 100% true. <laughs> okay. I know for a fact. And so it became this vicious cycle of me telling myself, well, see, this logically makes sense, but that only being true because I was doing stuff to create that scenario. Yeah. And that is not just, that can go for anything. And that's something that is so hard to recognize yeah. um, because it feels normal. Yeah. It, it makes sense. Like, it made sense logically. And it feels it made, real. It feels very it feels real. very real. Yeah. yeah. Um, because people weren't asking mm -hmm. me out, right? Um, and so that just kind of became, like, not my identity, but, like, what we talked about with the, the singleness podcast back in season one of, like, when people, even loving sweet people at church are saying things like, have you thought about not wearing high heels because you know men don't like tall women? Have you thought about growing your hair out because men don't like haircuts? Like, like when everything is also based on your looks, like all these critiques that people, like maybe men aren't asking you out because fill in the blank. And people really did say that stuff and they were, and I know they didn't mean anything by it. Like God bless them, they thought they were being helpful. But you know, when somebody has already been told that they are super unattractive and fat and whatever. Um, so that, that kind of becomes that. But as I grew in my um, 20s, Esther 414 kind of became the um, big, and if you don't know, the, the version I like is perhaps this is the moment for which you have been created. Um, and part of that is because I, I say I had to become a teacher. Um, that was <laughs> not my my initial plan I in fact did everything humanly possible not to be a teacher because my mother was a teacher um and became a teacher going back into in 110 percent I swore I would never go back into a school if I survived and got out because that 
Not to mention the very school. I was going to say the same thing. Like, yeah. It's not even like you went to a high school. No, went it was to your high school. school. Like yeah. walking the halls of where I would go in the bathroom and cry. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what I realized, and it took me a while because I'm a bit hard-headed, is that that was the moment I was great. Like mm-hmm. all of these experiences, I could see the kids that were hiding stuff. I recognized mm-hmm. it because I knew. And I could encourage the little child that is weird because, you know, she likes to listen to classic rock when everybody else is listening to SL100. Um, or, you know, she likes Ocean Rex or whatever. Um, well, I, she I does just, like that and that is a little yeah. strange. <laughs> <laughs> All these, like, quirks that you know I tried so hard to hide for so long because Mm -hmm. I wanted so bad to fit in actually I just wanted to not be harassed um were actually things that were helping me like Meg said be a better teacher and so that kind of this Esther I was like okay this is the moment I've been yeah okay um I had a moment in the midst of that that I call my less bitter more glitter this happened five years ago in the parking lot of the school it was yes in at my the car. back yes in your car um Won't the lord do it uh-huh. oh in the same parking lot yes. at the same, same school lot. that's pretty yes. cool after a game or something something that's yeah. why we were there <laughs> no, <laughs> no telling um Probably i had had it had kind of been building up over the course of about a week um where i had gotten super unhealthy both physically mentally emotionally just all the things because i was angry um, basically I had taken the toddler method of throwing myself down on the ground and I'm not going to move another step until you give me what I want, which yeah. works great. Um, and you gentle parent. Yes. Okay. The Lord, Lord does not gentle parent. Um, and so I had had a conversation with the Lord at church the week before there was a guy who, um, you know, just attractive guy single, um, involved in church, whatever. And I remember looking at him and going, Lord, why can't I have someone like that? Like, I do what you tell me to do. And this shows just how warped. I do what you tell me to do. Um, I haven't done horrible things like other people. Um, I, you know, like I'm, I'm doing what you're asking. Why, why haven't I got that? And clear as day, he said, he doesn't deserve you. And I've had the Lord tell me that before, and it's normally been in a, girl, trust me, you don't want this. He doesn't deserve someone like you. But this time, that was not it. It was, he doesn't deserve to be stuck with someone like you. And that was like, ouch. And I realized that I had kind of become this like bitter, cynical, negative because I was so unhappy that my life had not gone the way I wanted. I didn't think I was getting what I wanted and truthfully I mean I didn't like myself mm-hmm. I, I you know um, thought all these horrible <clears throat> horrible things and when the person that is bullying you is you um it's real hard to go away you know yeah that is very true yeah I mean and and yes. I think in some ways that's why the toxic thinking episode was so um influential for people is because that that's the hard part you know mm-hmm. um and so he, he kind of had that, and then I was teaching the day of the parking lot incident, teaching um, a lesson to my students. And let me tell you, when the Lord, 
I try, sometimes I'm real bad about keeping super busy so that I don't have to deal with stuff. And so the Lord's like, fine, we'll have this discussion while you're trying to lecture to students about, <laughs> you know, like misleading advertising. Mm -hmm. And I was like, like I ended up having to do a brain break for my kids because I needed a break. Cause I was like, look, all I could think was look at this, look at this. Like you are not preparing yourself. You prepare yourself for everything else in the world. <laughs> you are not preparing yourself for the very thing you're praying for. Mm -hmm. So why should I give it to you? I'm like, Hmm, you got a point there. That's the episode with Meg when I had this whole realization. Um, and kind of like, uh, I'm not a morning person, never have been. Um, all of a sudden, I'm getting up an hour before my normal get-up time so that I can have my quiet time every single morning with no excuses um, and start my day with the right mindset and all that. Um, and it just became this, if you will work to do what I like, to prepare yourself, like you're wanting me to bless you with something. And the way I view it is, like a teenager, how ridiculous it would it be for a teenager to refuse to take driver's ed or to practice a mom's minivan because you haven't given them a new car you don't know how to drive why would i give yeah. you a car yeah. that doesn't make sense oh but people do oh that's true okay but once again the lord is not a gentle parent that's right <laughs> The Lord ain't parenting like 2023. No, uh -uh. no. no, he ain't doing it. <laughs> so that's kind of the mindset that I had. I was like, okay. And kind of like Meg, like, Lord, you're going to have to give me strength. One, to help me um, want and desire to to grow because I had grown so cynical and like, it's not even worth it, you know. But also, and I remember this being my, um, I think it was my 2020 um uh, one of my New Year's resolutions to have a more gentle spirit. It was. It, yeah. <laughs> and if you know me, if you, well, one, if you do not know me super, super well, you may be like, oh, she failed at that one. Um, but if you do know me well, you know, there's been a huge, yes. huge difference. Um, Agreed. That I have, because once again, so much of my natural reaction was a defense mechanism. I wasn't trying to be hateful or mean. I just wasn't willing to take the risk to find out what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. So sorry to um, the men that I've been very un unkind to. My bad. Um, it was me, not you. I promise you. It might have been a little bit you too, but yeah. Um, so anyways, I mean, just saying, yeah. it's what it is. Um, so as that I gentle kinda, spirit act. Yeah, that <laughs> it's going to be sharp a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as we got into like 2020 and all of that, which of course, great time period to, you know, work on gentle spirit and all that in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> that's the way, that's the way he likes to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that Let not true? Let me for a loop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, what became very, very clear was a change of a verse to Isaiah 60, 22, which for all the times I've read through the Bible, I don't think I'd ever paid attention. And basically it says, when the time is right, I, the Lord will make it happen. Meaning, one, there's not one thing you can do to speed it up as you try to control stuff. But there's also nothing you can do to slow it down. Right. Like, just be obedient. Have wisdom, be obedient. And so I started um, reading relationship books, which seems very, very funny. Um, I reviewed a bunch of them on the blog. But it it helped me. It was fascinating. Like, learnings. And, okay, I started working on me. I met Christy and learned about the Enneagram. <laughs> I mean, she had other things in my life too, but that, um, 
And just this idea of when the time is right, I, the Lord will make it happen. And it became not this like, meh, okay, whatever, when it happens, but like a hopeful mantra of like, no, it did like, okay, I'm not, I'm not ready yet. Or an, okay, it will be worth the wait. That became like this, like overall, it'll be worth the wait. It'll be like, would you rather have it right now? And it be, and this can be for anything that you are asking the Lord to give you. Would you rather have it right now? And it be garbage. Or would you rather wait and have something that is God given to you? Well, obviously, you know, you would hope, but how often do we choose the garbage? Because yeah. If you have seen my dating history, I have chosen some garbage, okay? Um, it could have been worse. It could have been. It could have been worse. We've, we've seen true. some other yeah, options. We have That's true. That's true. I did have a little bit of discernment. Not a ton, but a little bit. Um, and so kind of as, you know, as I've grown in that, um, it's just this, this concept of waiting on the Lord, learning what the Lord wants to see, and then really working on who you are. And like... I know we say like what people think of you doesn't matter and all that. That is true, but that doesn't change how it feels. Right. Right. And, um, I made a decision, I guess back in January, I was having some health issues that were making anxiety really bad. Once again, did not know it was anxiety. Just thought that's how everybody, you know, participated in life. And so I decided to, with, the loving help of the lady sitting here who said, look, girl, <laughs> you are the, like physical manifestations of problems. I decide to go to a counselor. Hello, Stacy. Um, <laughs> um, just to have like an outside perspective. And for so long, me being a perfectionist, like having to say, I need help. Like that's a big thing with twos. Twos don't ask for help. Twos don't have needs. We we hide it all and we try to deal with it ourselves and typically it doesn't go well. It goes great. Um, which Living is why proof. great. I was gonna say which is why my parents don't know half the stuff that happened is because I I don't want to cause problems. Right. I don't want to cause issues. Right. I didn't want to cause problems for the mean people. I didn't want them to get in trouble. I just want them to stop. Um, and so what I've realized since since going to Stacy is that. All of these foundational things that we have, that we've built up, they're still there. Because I kept saying when I first started going is, like, I know this isn't true. Like, it's stupid that I feel this way. I know it isn't true. And she's like, but think how long you've built up mm -hmm. oh, yeah. those ideas. The habits. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, literally yeah. a habit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's kind of, as I shifted into this year, Micah 7-7, which basically is talking about expectation and waiting on the Lord. And um, I will, you know, I know my God hears me is the version that I have taped to my desk of waiting expectantly. Um, I wish I could tell you all that the Lord is doing and moving and maybe one day that will be a blog post. We'll see. I have um, bits and pieces started. We'll see. Um, but one, God is faithful. Like, even when it feels like he's not, he is. Two, you can't just, I think it was Christy when we talked about our um, like life mottos. There are some battles you'll have to fight multiple mm -hmm. times. Yeah, yeah. I know that looks and attractiveness is completely subjective. I understand that because there are people I know that I'm like, huh, they, <laughs> hmm, okay, um, just based on eyebrows alone. And 
that still is it, it it still feels real like and that's something i have to like one you're gonna have to make the risk you're gonna have to step out there um that's something the lord has really like are you trusting you or are you trusting me are you jumping into what you think is your safety net or are you jumping into my arms um and really having to throw yourself out there and one do it with wisdom don't like you can't be like lord i trust you and then not ask his opinion right. on something yeah because that will get you in a hot mess of trouble trust me um but also the just trusting god with whether it be how you feel maybe you grew up feeling stupid like you your parents always told you you weren't smart enough or you all grew up you know poor and that has you know colored how you always feel like you're having to chase that like whatever it is mine just happens to be that you know feel unattractive and fat all the time um same <laughs> but like that's something that you have to like you know yeah. you can't and i think for a long long time i just kept being like how did don't think about it. it'll go away you you know this isn't true so don't be stupid and that works just as well as you would think it does um so yeah i mean i don't know my my story which i feel like i'm kind of in the midst of it there's so much i wish i could say um I don't know. The Lord's faithful and having that expectation, but also being willing to jump. As the person who sat in that parking lot with you that day <laughs> and who saw all of these things, you know, my, and I've never said this to you, but you had to learn how to love yourself before you could let somebody else yeah. love you and before you could really love somebody else. Oh, 100%. You know, like, because you did not like yourself mm -hmm. and you no. took it out on everybody. everybody and until mm -hmm. you learn to like see the value and how god created you because mm -hmm. i mean we would tell you all the time you're so good at this whatever you know it's yeah. not yeah. until you learn to really love yourself you were not ready to love anybody yeah. else yeah. and you now have you are ready so yeah. you know you've definitely grown a ton so yeah and i think like uh, again, new parts of your story, but probably had not ever really like put all of that together. But um, I think it's just a testament to like mm -hmm. um, how much God values mm. like our identity in Him. Yes. Yeah. Like, and He fights for it, and He has fought for it yes. for thirty years mm -hmm. with yeah. you, and He still is. And like, He has given opportunities mm -hmm. and ways and means for you to realize like who you are in him yeah. and like how much he loves you and how right. much he cares for you and fights for you. And, um, you know, I mean, that's the bottom line of everybody's story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, you know, I, I think it is just really cool. Like that all of our stories are going to be so different. They are. Um, but the bottom line of the story is like God fights for right. his children and wants to draw us close yeah. to him. Um, but that's a really poignant story yeah. like because um, you're right there's like lots of seasons that you went through mm -hmm. but like literally the underline of it is God's like hey yeah like do you realize how how special yeah. you are to mm -hmm. me and who you are to yeah. me and how important you are in the kingdom you know completely and you're not working on God's plan B I think sometimes I yeah. felt like I acted like the Lord had kind of forgot that I was down here and was like oh oh yeah I forgot to Get her a husband. Yeah. So we'll come, like <laughs> the people you meet, 
the moments like I can think and I had this moment a couple months ago sitting somewhere and thinking 20 years ago nearly um when I prayed that prayer, the Lord knew this moment. Oh, yeah. 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 And like... And laughed when you said twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, if I could have understood that, would I have let go more? Right. You know? Probably not. I, no. But, you know, like, we are. Yeah. We are. <laughs> and I think what, what Meg said of like, Satan is fighting for yes. her ministry. Uh, yeah. Satan knows... And, and you saying, like, the Lord is willing to fight for us. He has to fight because Satan is fighting. Oh, yeah. It's a battle. And like... Sure understand i i think i'm more willing to fight when i think of it from the standpoint of satan is trying to steal my purpose Uh and my ministry Mm -hmm. than satan's trying to make me hate myself right yeah that's what i you know that kingdom perspective like yeah things didn't really shift satan is doing this because he is scared of what i can do through this which makes you want to fight exactly yes and that's where i thought okay like let me get my armor of god Mm -hmm. (laughs) because like i am ready (laughs) you know like and we you know we need the armor of God yeah. for just a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Satan is. And when we start doing things for the kingdom and having that, I mean, that's when he goes harder. So. Yeah. yeah. That's how you know you're headed in the right direction. Yeah. Tis true. Y'all did very good. Thanks for being open. <laughs> right. I can't wait to hear y'all. I know, but that, that was, was so good. hard, and I'm, I'm so proud of it you It is guys. hard. Yeah. Thanks. So so. Y'all did good. Okay. Are y'all me, y'all? Christy killed it with the casserole. Cream cheese in anything yeah. is... And it's cheese. warm and yeah. it's gooey and it's amazing. And I, I can't remember more. if I liked it. I might have to have another bite just to, <laughs> just to check. There's a whole 9 by 13. Yes. So, all right. I love it. Thanks for tagging along. See y'all later. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.